0: Hello everyone and thank you for joining this podcast where I will be discussing today's topic, the lowdown on court orders and parenting plans. My name is Lucy Good and I am the founder of Beanstalk, an online space dedicated to supporting and inspiring single mums from all walks of life. My aim with these podcasts is to get useful, targeted information to single mums wherever you are and whatever you're doing. I hunt down experts in the subjects that matter to single mums and I ask the questions that I think you want to know the answers to. The information being shared in my free podcast can save you time, money and a whole lot of worry. Why pay for services or waste time looking for information when you can get it right here? And if you have questions that are specific to your situation, look out for my live Talk to the Experts Q&A sessions on my closed Facebook group. And, talking of experts, I take great pleasure in welcoming today's podcast guest, Laurie Brooke. Laurie is founder of Our Children Australia, incorporating weekend divorce and separation made easy. Laurie was a family lawyer and had been appointed as an independent children's lawyer and separate representative for children in the family courts. Laurie has a strong desire to help families before the conflict becomes entrenched, which is why she's developed online tools and programs Her mission is to provide separated families with all of the tools and support they need so they can move through the family law system, saving them financially and emotionally in the process. Laurie, thank you so much for joining us today.
1: Hello Lucy and thank you so much for having me. It's wonderful to be here.
0: Thank you Laurie. Look, the questions I have in mind for you Laurie, I'm sure will be no brainers to someone as experienced in this area of law as you are but for single mothers who have absolutely zero experience or knowledge of the court system they'll be really helpful and I suppose that's the issue here. We've got this group of ladies dealing with often traumatic breakups, coping with big life changes and looking after their children who may also be suffering. And then on top of all this, they get bamboozled with court orders, the possibility of a lawyer, and goodness knows what else. It's confronting, it's confusing, it's stressful, and, well, quite frankly, it's scary.
1: I couldn't agree more, Lucy. And one of the big problems that I found when I was practising law is that when you're in this predicament, you could be sitting in a chair opposite your lawyer and you don't actually know what questions you should be asking. Um, and that is why you know, I wanted to create some disruption to the current system, breaking down the barriers that people face and hopefully giving everyone who may find themselves in this situation some useful information so that when you need to get advice, you can ask the right questions for you and from that you can then make an informed decision that is going to help you, it's going to help your children and in the end your family as well.
0: That's just great, it's a brilliant thing to be doing and it actually brings me nicely on to my first probably quite basic question. Um, so to start. Can you please explain to us, in terms that we will understand, um, us single mums, the difference between a parenting plan and an order?
1: Okay, the very basic difference between a parenting plan and an order is that an order has been made by a court. That doesn't mean that all agreements outside of court, though, constitute a parenting plan and that's where things can start to get tricky. Um, So there are certain requirements that you must have for an agreement to constitute a parenting plan. Very basically they are, it has to be in writing, it needs to be dated, it needs to be signed, it's between the parents and it's concerning matters regarding the children if you've got all of that in an agreement then it's going to be a parenting plan. If you've gone off to court or if you have an agreement that you've been sent to court and it has a nice little stamp on it then it's going to be an order. It may be an order that's been um, made by the court after a trial or it could be an order that's been agreed upon and that's what we call a consent order. So there's various um, different types of agreements that you can have, what constitutes a parenting plan, what constitutes a court order or simply just an agreement between two parents. Um, And each of them have differences in how they can be enforced and if they are enforceable
0: okay so uh, yeah it does it makes it does it makes perfect the way you put it is um very easy for me to understand so i hope it is for all the um single mothers out there listening um, it, it sounds so an order is a more formal um agreement
1: to a parenting plan um, is that right absolutely so an order is um, the document that can be enforced by a court uh, so if we use a very harsh example but one that you know most people can relate to on the spot if you have a court order and one parent doesn't return the children in accordance with what the order says then you can go to court um, and the court should be able to make an order for the return of the child and enforce that order. Um, if it's a parenting plan that's not necessarily the case because before a court can enforce a parenting plan, it needs to be made into an order in the first instance. So things start to get a little confusing and tricky at that point um, when it comes to the enforceability of those agreements.
0: I see. So really, I think it would depend on the the individual situation um, as to whether it's a parenting plan or. An order um, that's needed, um, obviously. So I mean, so just digging a little deeper with that question: Is there a difference between a
1: consent order and a court order? The only real difference between a consent order and a court order is whether you have agreed to it. Um, the enforceability: there's no difference in whether um, the enforceability of the of the order, because at the end of the day, it's still an order made by the court. But a consent order um, implies that both parties to that order have agreed to what's included Um, and that would usually be made after some type of negotiation mediation um, correspondence between their lawyers or even themselves Um, whereas a court order is generally made when you've gone through that litigation process you've had to go to trial and the judge has had to make the decision on your behalf
0: okay so i guess Almost looking at the different things that we've been talking about so far, um, ideally it would be great to kind of get away with a parenting plan. Um, Next on the scale would be the um, consent order where you both agreed and then it's a court order and that's the one that you'd get I guess when things are really quite difficult.
1: Absolutely, the parenting plan offers a lot more flexibility to parents and if you can reach an agreement um, by way of a parenting plan then you would hope that the issues um, regarding enforceability wouldn't be there but again at the end of the day that's a decision that you need to make based on your circumstances.
0: Okay yeah, no I understand that and
1: can you actually get an order without going to a lawyer? Absolutely. So, if you want to get consent orders, you can do that them yourselves. You, um, on the Family Court website, you can actually download a do-it-yourself kit for the application for consent orders. If it's going through the court process, there are so many self-represented litigants um, in our Family Court process now. And I think that's a sign of the times one, we're a lot more educated, um, we've got access to a lot more information but also the cost of going to a lawyer can sometimes be prohibitive for some people.
0: Yes. Yeah, so you would kind of, you, would you have to go to the lawyer at any stage? I mean, to get that stamp on it, you would, um, that's if it goes to court and you get the stamp put on it. You can actually take something to the courts, can you, without having seen the lawyer first?
1: Absolutely. So you can fill really? out, yeah, you can fill out your application for consent orders um, and you can do up your document which sets out what it is that you both agree and you both sign it and then you can take it to the court registry yourself um, and we have registries all throughout Australia, there are um, that you can go to. But if you do have some questions regarding what should actually go in the application or what should go in the um, orders, you can, go, by all means, go and get independent legal advice, that's what the lawyers are there for, to use their expertise to give you that advice. Um, It doesn't necessarily mean you have to pay, there are free community legal clinics available for people to go and get that advice, Uh, the legal aid agencies will be able to help you as well, Um, and also there's places like the Women's Legal Service.
0: Yeah, okay. And I, I know. Yeah, we've got fantastic um, women's legal service here on the Sunshine Coast. That um, I've used, and I know lots of other people who have. And I mean, it's such an amazing service, and not many people actually know about them.
1: Well, no, because they're, they're a free service, obviously, and um, they're staffed by volunteer lawyers generally. Um, some will have permanent staff on there but they don't get the funding obviously to do a lot of marketing and advertising and some do have restrictions in terms of what they can and can't help with so they might not necessarily be able to represent you during a court proceeding but certainly they're there to, be, to give you legal advice along the way so make the most of it.
0: Yeah and I think even just you know what we've talked about so far for me um, already is lifting the pressure off of this whole topic because You know, there are so many options out there that people perhaps aren't aware of. We're all thinking, oh, you know, as soon as you hear these words, parenting plan, consent order, court order, you immediately think money, lawyers, courts, um, and you think that's the only route. But in fact, there are so many resources out there to help us. Um, and it's just actually almost quite sad that people aren't aware of them because a lot of those people, as you say, don't have the money to get the word out that they are there. Um, so it just takes a bit of digging to find out who's out there and who can help you. Um, and usually you, you know, a lot of people will find um, support that doesn't cost anywhere near as much as they think it will.
1: Absolutely. And there are so many other independent services as well. Um, people who have been through the system, people who have worked in the system, who have now got their own, you know, small businesses who are there to help those going through the system, if that yeah. makes sense.
0: Yeah, yeah, no, it does. It makes absolute sense.
1: So, I mean, if you, we've got these ladies who are
0: listening and they're they're sort of um, on the cusp of having to get something organised, and they might be thinking to themselves, okay, I'm going to give this a whirl. I'm going to try and you know get the information that I need and put this together myself. Can you tell me what type of things should be um, included in any agreement?
1: The way I've always approached doing parenting agreements is to sit down and look at all of the events that happen throughout a year. So you've got school holidays with children going to school, and even if your children are younger, you've really got to think ahead in time, so looking at school holidays, school terms where are the children going to live during school terms, where are they going to spend time on the holidays, Um, special days. So whether that be um, Easter, Christmas, Mother's Day, Father's Day, birthdays. Um, There could be other days that your family celebrates that are important. Making sure that you've got a scenario for each of those special days. And then also thinking about um, just as parents on a day-to-day basis, we get information that we then need to share with the other parent. So how does that sharing of information work? What happens when the children have to go to a doctor's uh, a doctor's appointment, or if they're sick on a day that's a changeover day? Trying to think about all the areas where there's potential for conflict, and then putting that solution into the order. So I always say. To that the order should contain the answers to the problems. You don't have to follow it whilst you're both agreeing, but it's when that, there's, when that disagreement comes up, does your order answer that problem?
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, it sounds almost. You have to have a lot of uh, forethought with with an agreement. You have to really go through, as you say, the year and everything that happens um, and everything that happens on a day-to-day basis. And and is that kind of, when you mentioned earlier some templates that can be downloaded, do, do, do those templates include information like that, things that we might not think about um, while we're putting the agreement together?
1: Uh, Not necessarily. I have written a book though in um, conjunction with a colleague of mine and it actually sets out all of the different scenarios for you to think about and gives you examples as well as to how you might want to word different things. So I'm more than happy that's a free ebook that we have available to download so I'm more than happy to give you the link Lucy if you've got any mums who would be interested in getting that. Oh mm-hmm.
0: absolutely definitely we we want that link because you know from the conversation so far um, you know, to be able to put your agreement together on your own would be the ideal situation. And I know it wouldn't work for, um, you know, all couples, um, but, um, you know, to do it yourself, to not have to pay the money uh, would be fantastic. But, you know, you really do need that support to be able to do it. And, you know, if you miss something out, it's not in the agreement. It's going to cause problems further down the line. So you need to know that you're doing a thorough job. So. Wow, what a marvellous resource to have put together, Laurie. We would uh, would love to get our hands on that. I'm sure there'll be lots of single mums um, on my um, platforms who'd be really interested in that. Thank
1: you. That's okay. And look, at the end of the day, it's all about, um, like I said before, trying to make sure that if you ha- if an issue arises in the future, that you've got a solution already in place so that you don't have to have an agreement or a disagreement that's fueled by the emotion of the current situation that you find yourself in?
0: Mm, Yeah and I mean I don't like to sort of go on to my my own personal situation very often but um, I I will just sort of mention a bit of it here because we haven't got an agreement and um, I would almost say that we were more amicable at the time of our breakup than we were sort of probably two or three years into it because we did keep hitting issues where we were unable to reach a solution because we disagreed and we hadn't put anything in place um, to cover us for those hard times. Um, so you know things have levelled out. I've been we've been separated for a long time now, but looking back. Um, an agreement would have saved a lot of stress um, on both of us, but also on our children. so um, you know I think that um, anyone who's um, at the early stages of of the um, of the breakup um, to put something together now, even if you don't necessarily, Um, think that you're going to need, because you have got quite an amicable breakup, Um, you know, use that kind of time when you are getting on with one another to put something like this together, because that's a time when you can work together and put an agreement together, isn't it? Um, And then later on when things get hard,
1: all the hard work is done for you. That's it, and you did it at a time when you both agreed, so it might not be the outcome that you want, you know. Down the track when you 're faced with a scenario, but you did it when you both agreed, and you 've already got that safety net in place
0: yeah, yeah, absolutely, um, and so I mean I as I say, um, an agreement was sort of the path we didn 't go down. Um, what are your thoughts on on whether people do need an agreement or not?
1: I always think that they're important in the terms of having that safety net. So what we talked about inevitably throughout your children's lives, something will come up. It could be a sister's wedding, it could be an overseas holiday, um, it could be wanting to move, you know, for work reasons or. Um, changing the child's school whatever it may be these issues come up and we can't plan for everything at the start but if you've got an agreement in place that deals with those issues essentially then you've already got a safety net so you don't have to have um, the emotion in some respects is taken out of it yeah absolutely yeah it's not to say that the agreement's going to be the best outcome at that particular point in time, but at least you've got a starting point and you know that when that agreement was put in place, you were both at um, a point where you were agreed to it, you were both level-headed, There was the emotion of the current situation wasn't there.
0: Yeah, and as you mentioned, things do change. I mean, life um, is very unpredictable, as we all know. So further down the line, um, if there are big life changes, um, how easy is it for a couple to change the agreement? um, Or is it something that when it's made, you know, you kind of expect to stick to until the children are 18? Um, It might be that, um, you know, for example, say if if your child um hurts themselves and ends up being rushed to the doctors or the hospital one parent is to obviously let the other parent know um so they can come along and attend but you know if the other parent moves away that particular part of the agreement wouldn't be perhaps um it wouldn't be possible anymore so things do need to change and So there is still going to be a certain amount of negotiation when you need to change that agreement, is that right?
1: Oh absolutely and look a parenting plan in that regard is a lot more flexible than a court order Um, and so in that respect parenting plans provide um, greater ability for us to look at the different changes that we're facing with our children Um, year by year and go, well, this part isn't going to work. So, for example, you know, you could be looking at the transition from primary school to high school and change over at a particular, you know, park or location that was close to the primary school may no longer be um, available when they get to high school or there may be public transport now that they can catch to meet a parent. Um, So you've got all of those changes. So looking at a parenting plan from that perspective, that's certainly a benefit. Um, But at the same time, it's also about using common sense and logic.
0: Mm, Yeah, and if you, so if you, um, so a parenting plan will need to change, of course it will, um, as the kids grow and as life changes, the twists and turns that we will face. Um, And um, a court order would also need to change for similar reasons. Each time you have a change with a court
1: order, does it have to go back into court? How does that work? Uh, No, it doesn't have to go back into court. So a parenting plan can actually... um Trump, for want of a better term, given our current environment, a no. court order. <laughs> um, but, so if you have an, an order currently in place and it deals with a specific issue, if we take the issue of changeover and that issue is no, or what's in the court order is no longer relevant, then uh, you and the other party may be able to agree that changeover needs to be moved to this location. So you can do a parenting plan um, about that pacif- that specific issue.
0: If that case, okay. yeah, that's really interesting. So, a parenting plan can actually—I love the word "trump," but can take over the yes. court order, um, which is good because you don't need to worry about going back to court, and you know, and hopefully, um, you, you know, you can you can meet, meet a uh, sort of a, a situation which you both agree with quite easily, and just and just change the plan, you know, and uh, move on, do things yep. differently. Um, so, I mean. It's not always easy, obviously. Um, in fact, in many cases, it would be almost impossible to make um, an agreement, um, depending on the circumstances surrounding the breakup. What would you suggest that we do if we're having trouble reaching an agreement, um, or if we just maybe just need a little bit of help with going over the final agreement and just checking that we've included everything, and you know, perhaps getting another set of eyes on it just to say this is fair this is going to work um, so that you know you can just go away and get on with your lives without worrying about it.
1: I would certainly at this point say um, a support network is going to be invaluable to anyone. Now. That support network um, could include a lawyer and I would certainly encourage you to make sure that if you're having difficulties reaching an agreement or you want another pair of eyes looking over it, that you do go and get that advice. Go and see the Women's Legal Service, a community legal centre, legal aid or you know, pay a lawyer to look over it, whatever makes you feel more comfortable. If you're having trouble sorting out some issues, make sure you do. Put down on paper, though, everything that you have agreed and then in a separate column, look at what it is that you don't agree. And, you know, sometimes by having it down in the two columns, you can actually see how far you've come, how much you have actually agreed on. And then when you see what those issues are that you can't agree on, they may not seem so big in the long run. Yeah, and I
0: think looking back and saying, look at what we, you know, well look at what we've done, look at what we're capable of agree- agreeing on, um, and then you realise you're actually doing quite well, and it spurs you on perhaps to come, to come, through your heads together and uh, sort out that final issue.
1: Yeah, and if you're still having difficulty when you're speaking to a lawyer, they can always give you different options. You know, that's the beauty of um, family lawyers and well especially those family lawyers who have been practicing for a long time they've seen a lot of agreements and they've seen a lot of parents come up with different solutions to different problems and it will actually surprise you that there's some really out of the box ways that we can solve um that they can solve the the issues for you and go well have you thought about doing it this way instead of you know doing changeover at McDonald's, can we do changeover at a different place altogether, or one parent drop off, one parent pick up. Um, so there's lots of different solutions to common problems.
0: Yeah, and I'm and one of the questions, I mean we have so many questions that come up on my closed Facebook group, and you know, one of the things that a lot of people say is, you know, if this went, you know, they tell you about a situation then they say if this went to court, what would be the outcome what would they say um you know and then someone else comes on with a different situation and it's people seem to think and i don't know whether this is right that if something were to go to court there's only one way of dealing with every situation So they kind of are speaking and seeing whether other people have experienced things. Um, And and I think going to a mediator or somebody who's got the knowledge, they know what would happen if it went further, if it went to court. They kind of know how it would be dealt with. So they can almost nip it in the bud before it goes that far, and they can find a solution which is pretty similar to perhaps something the courts would come up with. Um, So it's always good to perhaps get that little bit of professional advice Um, at the tail end of putting the agreement together.
1: Oh absolutely, um, because the other thing Lucy is that when you're speaking to other people who have gone through the system um, and I'll say other families, you know taking the Facebook example there's a whole lot of personal circumstances surrounding their matter that may not be relevant your particular matter, Um, and the court takes all of those things into account, it's the family court, it deals with people's personal lives, so it has to look at um, the personal issues that affect each family, and no two families are ever the same.
0: Yeah, that's right, you know, if you're having a, a disagreement, then someone might say, oh look, if it went to court, this is what would happen. But that's actually not the case, is it? Because you don't know what would happen, because every situation is individual, so yes. it's really good to get a mediator in to, um, you know, to look at it from perhaps a court perspective, um, but also from a personal perspective, and as you say, to throw up some ideas. That um, you know that they may not have thought about. You could have been arguing about an issue for two or three weeks, and then you go and see a mediator, and they throw something new into the mix, and, and problem sorted. So um, it could well be worth worth going. I, I think. Um, but I mean, is it is it necessary to go to a mediator if you're going to go to court? Would you say that that's kind of the halfway point? Getting to a mediator first and get the advice or is it something that you can, you can just
1: listen together no so there are I mean there are some exceptions to what I'm about to say but um, for most people it is mandatory that they do um, go to mediation or attempt mediation before they start court proceedings relating to children um, so it's it's also a really useful tool though so, so don't use it as a tick in the box I want my day in court I will always encourage you to make sure that you've made that genuine attempt because at the end of the day, if you and the other party can sit there and come up with an agreement that's going to work not only for both of you but more importantly your children, then that's going to be an agreement that's ten times better than one that's going to be imposed on you. Um, Because what you've got to remember is that the judges are sitting up there. They have to make orders relating to your children, and they d- they've never met them. They don't know mm. the little nuances of your day-to-day lives. They've only got what's been told to them in the affidavits, what they've heard in the witness box, what the experts have told them. Um, but it's very different to actually living in your shoes. So if you can reach your own agreement, that's going to be one that's 10 times more workable for your family.
0: Yeah, it would be more workable, but it's also probably going to be more suited to the children involved because nobody knows your children better than yourself. Um, So, you know, and I think there's also surely moving on because, um, you know, you can't make a clean break from your partner. You will be having to, um, you know, communicate with them for many years to come until the children are 18 and perhaps... Uh, beyond that it's nice to know that you have managed to work this out yourselves it's a good feeling um, between you to think we, we didn't need to take this to court. Whatever happened with us and whatever went wrong, we were capable of sorting this out um, pretty much ourselves um, and that's that's a good thing um, to know moving forwards, I think.
1: Absolutely. And um, when you're going to court, a lot of people go to court thinking that they get their day in court, they've seen it on the you know, television shows and they know what to expect, but it's very different. Um, you turn up to your first court appearance and you might be one of 20, 25 matters and the judge might only have five minutes to hear what's going on and make a quick decision. And by the time you start court proceedings to the time you end, there could be years between those two dates and a lot changes during that time. And by the time you finally get to trial, if you've been through that process over years, chances are that conflict is really entrenched and the emotional um, bitterness or hatred that you might have for the other party is there. And things will get said in those witness boxes, that when you're at weddings or graduations or engagement parties or birthdays for grandchildren you will still remember what was said and you mm. will still be hurt and there will still be um that awkwardness and that tension between you because of that yeah
0: yeah and it, it just takes it on to a whole a whole new level doesn't it that i think that if you can avoid it, it would just be so much better. Having said that, I know in many cases it's unavoidable. So, Absolutely. as we were saying earlier, each um, every situation is different. And it's just really here discussing um, all the different options there are before it goes to court um, that are going to help to make the situation less stressful for everybody involved um, and less expensive um, as well. And not only does that really help the present day Situation, but it also really, really helps um, in the future. And you know, perhaps at those engagement parties or weddings and things, um, if it hasn't gone to court and you've managed to keep it as amicable as possible with the help of mediators um, or whoever else in between, um, you know, those occasions in the future will be much more pleasant. Which you know, your kids will love you for, of course.
1: Oh, well, absolutely. So. And I think it's important that people realise that. The agreements are never going to be perfect, Um, so don't stress about making them 100% perfect. You're never going to be completely happy with them, and the other party's never going to be completely happy with them, but it's about what's going to be best for your children at that present point in time. Yeah,
0: and I think that's a key at that present point in time, because... You know, you have to accept that life is changing um, the children are going to grow up and they're going to change enormously. So perhaps when you're putting the agreement together, if you try to remember, this isn't a forever agreement, this is something that's going to work now and we can make changes later on. And that probably perhaps will help to take some of the stress and the pressure um, off of the couple trying to make the agreement.
1: Yeah, and that's certainly something that can be included in the agreement if you want, that you want to be able to review it at a certain point in time, if that's something that suits your family. Yeah,
0: I think that would be, yeah, that's a fantastic idea to have that in there because it gives a bit of movement to it, doesn't it? Mm. Look, well, look, this is incredibly helpful information, Laurie. You're clearly a fountain of knowledge in this subject. And as much as I I have so many other questions in my head, perhaps for another podcast, um, we're, <laughs> we're going to have to start wrapping this one up. But um, just quickly... Um, can I ask you one more question and that is, do you have any final words of advice for single mothers who are finding it particularly difficult to navigate their situation in relation to court orders and parenting plans?
1: My final tip of advice would be if you are struggling, and that be, you know, with regards to the legal aspects, whether it just be in parenting or life in general, and that is to get help. You don't need to do it alone. Um, call on the support network, and if you don't have one, get one. It doesn't mean that your girlfriends or your sisters um, or your brothers or your parents are going to be the best support network out there. You need to be able to pick the right people for what it is that you need help with. Um, that. If I can just mention this, Lucy, that's one of the reasons why um, myself and a colleague ended up creating what we call Separation Made Easy. And that is not everyone has someone who they can call on and who will be able to guide them through the process. And so we can be that for you if you need, but there's a lot of other services out there. At the end of the day, having a sounding board so that you can articulate your concerns, someone who can play devil's advocate to make sure that what you believe you are worried about what you think won't work really is the case because sometimes there's underlying issues there that we can actually sort out and it makes all the difference when it comes to navigating this journey. But most of all it is okay if you want to stop and take a breather. Remember that this journey, this path of separation, it isn't a sprint and the first one to the finish line doesn't always win.
0: Mm, oh yeah i i just agree so much with everything that you've just said um because and and it's just so relevant to our single mums because we're often so isolated um we perhaps you know we're always busy we've always got our kids around us but sometimes you just need somebody to talk to and you need a sounding board and if you haven't got that then these thoughts go round and round in your head and they drive you absolutely crazy mm-hmm. um you don't know who to turn to and you know, so yes you need somebody to talk to but also as you said you said you know stop take a breather because it's not all going to happen straight away you, you just need to have a break from it every now and then and even if that's as simple as meeting a friend for a cup of coffee for 20 minutes. And trust me, because I know this, I get myself worked up about all sorts of things. And then a friend calls and, you know, said, do you want to meet up for coffee after school drop off? And if I haven't got work, I'll go along. And I feel so much better. Um, than I did previously and I don't even have to bore my friend stupid with my worries I just needed a break and that was in the form of talking to somebody else um, and, and stopping all the thoughts that were going around in my head and worrying me so I absolutely love your advice there thank you so much
1: that's okay
0: <laughs> so so to all the single mums out there listening, um, if you would like to take the discussion a step further with Laurie, stay posted um, because she's going to be doing a live Q&A session on my Single Mum Buying Closed Facebook group. Um, the dates and times will be posted on the Beanstalk Facebook page and on my Instagram feed. Um, and remember, Laurie has a lot of experience in this area and she'll be answering your questions for free Um, so Laurie thank you so much for being a star guest on my podcast um, and for offering us single mums such invaluable information
1: thank you Lucy for having me and I really hope that what I've been able to share today is actually going to help your mums
0: I have absolutely no doubt that it will. Um, And thank you, single mums, for listening. I hope you now feel more confident and in control with your situation. Remember that knowledge gives you power, and with power, well, you're capable of pretty much anything. Until next time, goodbye.